0: This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Alex and his family just returned from a 14-night cruise aboard P&O Cruises Iona. It went down to Spain and Portugal, and he joined us on the line. How you doing, Alex? I'm good. Yourself, Doug? I think this is my very first P&O Cruises review, so I'm excited to hear about it, because I know they do onboard things a little bit different over there than over here in North America. So excited to kind of jump into that. But before we do, we'll get some pre-cruise thoughts here. What made you want to take this 14-nighter?
1: I think the main thing was the price point for us. We weren't really planning on doing a cruise this year. When we saw this come up for a price, that was really, really good. I We just had to go ahead and book it, I think.
0: Very good. So where would p fall in line with our North America brand? I know it's a European company, but is it more of equivalent to like Carnival, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian? Like where would you put it on that scale?
1: For experience sort of over here, the pricing, it's definitely probably more aimed at sort of the Carnival lines of... Yeah, royal cabins sort or of celebrity people like that—they're a bit more high-priced than P&O. But P&O do a sort of yeah, I would exactly. say more in the carnival line of things.
0: You live in Southampton, so it's a very easy commute to get to the cruise port there. Um, how was the embarkation for you? And is it does P&O do things like we do it over here, where it's just basically most of your stuff is done online? It's a zap, 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 and you're on the ship.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You sort of like carnival and norwegian whatever you have what they call their cruise personalizer which you upload all your documents your passport and that your credit card details whatever you need and yeah so basically you get your boarding pass obviously before you arrive at the terminal um yeah and they just scan that and you just sort of start the process through the check-in
0: how long would you say it took you from the curb to getting on the actual ship
1: we actually timed it because we wondered because they sort of changed how they do things down there, sort of relatively uh, recently, and it actually took us 25 minutes from curb to ship. Okay, so it was pretty good, really.
0: You make your way on board the ship. What were your first impressions when you walked on board Ionia?
1: This was our third time doing the Ionia, and um, looks just as good as well, the day she came out. Yeah, but she just—it's uh, a bit different. P and O, it was quite more modern, a bit more contemporary sort of like a lot of chrome, a lot of marble as you go into the atrium. And uh, yeah, it's always just a really nice sort of, um, I think we sort of call it like it. It's like going home because we're just so used to the ships and what have you. And it's just, it's just a really nice environment as soon as you step on the ship.
0: So you make your way on board the ship. You go to your stateroom. Uh, what kind of stateroom did you have for the 14 nights? And what did you think of it for the three of you?
1: We had a standard balcony and we've done those a couple of times before. And they are a really good sized cabin. They're considering there was sort of three of us made a lot of stuff with my son and what have you there was enough storage space um yeah it's just a good size cabin really uh, it's just the balcony's good yeah it's and they're definitely nice and clean they're just nice and fresh they look after them really well
0: what deck were you on and were there any issues with noise on either side or above you or below you so we
1: were on deck 15, which was right under the um, Horizon Buffet restaurant. And yeah, that you could sort of hear the trolleys and that moving. And when they sort of started cooking, you could hear a lot of movement in the kitchens. It wasn't sort of horrendous, but you, you, it was quite noticeable. Um, so, but it was, yeah, it was a still a good location for accessing a lot of the things at the top of the ship there.
0: Let's talk about the food on this fourteen-night sailing, and we'll start at the top at the buffet area. How was it? Buffet was good. It was sort of
1: quite handy for us with our son, uh, just being able to go up there and sort of grab breakfast quickly and, and lunch and what have you. We found as the the two weeks went on that the choice sort of during lunch and what have you was a, a bit. It was a bit lacking. Um, you would sort of go up there and yeah, a lot of the, some things would be repeated quite often. Um, so we it, it, yeah, it got a bit sort of bit difficult, but and also there's always something for everybody, they had a lot of um, options like gluten-free options, a lot of the dietary requirements. they sort of catered really well for that, and you, so you can always get something, but otherwise it was sort of pretty standard.:
0: How about the main dining room experience throughout the week? How does Piano do that, and how was your experience?
1: Iona and her sister ship Avia, they are all freedom dining, so there's no sittings whatsoever can book a table for like an early seating. I think it's like half past five. You could book a table for if you want to sort of guarantee yourself a seat at that time. Other than that, you just join a virtual queue on the webpage and yeah, just join that and go from there.
0: How was the menu throughout the week? You were mentioning that food was being repeated in the buffet. Was it different every night in there? Um,
1: We only did the main restaurant about three or four times Mm -hmm. um, throughout the, the two weeks and to be honest, we've done PNO quite a lot and the menus have stayed relatively similar for quite a while now. Um, so we noticed the options do re- sort of repeat just from our previous cruises. But uh, I think if you were quite happy to go there every night, you could always find something. But we just found that the, the choices for us who've experienced it before, it's, yeah, it gets a bit the same for us there. But other than that, the food's always really good. Really hot. The service is always really good, and there they do try and sort of accommodate all your needs. There,
0: are there staples over there with PO that like the cruise line is known for? For instance, if they would take uh, Carnival's warm chocolate melting cake off the dessert menu or the shrimp cocktail, they'd probably have the chef's head on a plate. Anything like that over there?
1: Yeah, they, <laughs> it's funny because it's a bit of a joke. Really, we really find it's called always available, and it will be like a, a rump steak, a pan-fried uh, chicken breast. And you, yeah. And the problem cocktail starter, you'll always get sort of those, those things on the menu every night. Um, so you can look, there's always sort of a guarantee for some other things. And then there's always a pasta dish, what have you, mm-hmm. but yeah. So you can always guarantee there's a couple of things on the menu there.
0: How about specialty dining throughout your voyage? And does that ship have a lot of specialty dining options?
1: Yes, there are quite a few options. And that, to be honest, that's what we did throughout most of our sailing. We did, uh, there's the olive grove, the keel and cow. There's uh, well, there's quite a few of them on there. <laughs> so my memory is uh, that uh, beach house, um, just a few. Uh, so, yeah, and there's the keys as well. So there's quite a few options on there.
0: Let's talk about a couple of them that you went to and give us like the venue, what kind of food they serve there, and uh, what were your thoughts of it, and then you can just move to the next one.
1: So the Keelan Cow is steakhouse slash pub food. So you get some really good steaks, but you also get some very traditional sort of fish and chips. You get a lot of uh, bistro-style dishes, and that's um, an a la carte pricing. It's very reasonable. We find a sort of rump steaks around £15, and there's other dishes... Around ten pounds, so it's not horrendous. It's quite. We think it's quite a good pricing, and the food's always re- really good.
0: I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say the Olive Grove is probably a- an Italian restaurant. Yeah, so the,
1: the Olive Grove is the Italian on board, and that mostly is complimentary options. There, are, there's a few extra pay items, but most of the stuff is included on there, um, and that's really good. You get a sort of a good option of your pastas, your pizzas. Then you do get a good selection of fish. Um, and it's just, yeah, it does cover all bases Gotcha. and we've, we, we did that three times, I think on board. So we, we do enjoy that one.
0: Nice. So you did uh, Italian three times. You did the steakhouse, any other specialty restaurants?
1: Yes, we did. There is the Sindhi restaurant, which is basically an Indian cuisine restaurant. And that's also, uh, an a la carte pricing and that is very, very good. We really enjoy that one. Um, it's just it's got a really nice atmosphere in there. It's quite a sort of quiet little sort of restaurant. the food's always been excellent. And yeah, again, the prices are quite good. We yeah, they're really reasonable for sort of specialty dining. I don't think any, any complaints can be had.
0: Does piano offer dining packages before your cruise, or is it kind of once you get on board you have to, to pay per venue?
1: So no piano don't offer a dining package as such. You can pre-book um, a couple of the restaurants before you board. But then uh, some of them you do have to make reservations once you are on board. So it can be sort of quite difficult to to grab a seat if you're not prepared.
0: How about poolside? Burgers, hot dogs, much of the same as basically every cruise line?
1: Yeah, exactly the same. There is um, Taste 360, which is exactly a bit of pizza, uh, burgers, hot dogs. Um, and that's also complimentary and that's also quite good. It's just nice sort of grab-and-go sort of food there and everything's always quite fresh. They're always putting out pizzas and burgers quite quickly so You never really have to wait around for it. So, yeah, that's quite a good one as well. Um, They also have – there's a sort of ice cream parlor up there. They do gelato up there around the pool. Um, I think that's it for the – yeah, around the pool.
0: Any other dining venues you wanted to hit on before we moved on to entertainment?
1: No, I think that is – I think all the venues that we covered – there was a beach house I was talking about, which is sort of a mixture of you've got a bit of Mexican, a bit of Caribbean dishes. Mm-hmm. That's also an extra pay, but it's quite a normal fee. It's only about nine pound fifty per head, and that's really good. The choices are excellent, and yeah, they sort of do this really good dish. It's a they call the lava rock steak, and they sort of cook a steak to a rare. Uh, cooking and they bring it out on this lava rock and it slowly cooks on, on your table and so you can just basically cook it to how you like it there in front of you and that's always a really popular one you sort of see the smoke coming from, yes. from the other side of the restaurant when people have that
0: let's talk about the entertainment then on this 14 night cruise i know sometimes the entertainment um, tends to get stale on these longer voyages depending on how often they fly on and fly off the entertainers how was it for you we
1: didn't do a huge amount of the entertainment, mainly because of our son, and we'd sort of have a fairly sort of not early evenings as such, but we just didn't do as much of the shows because we've also done the shows before because they do tend to keep them in rotation for quite a long time. The one show we definitely did was what's called Greatest Days, it is a, a musical show um, themed from the Take That Boy Band, uh, sort of very, another very UK thing and it's sort of approved with the band, and it's that's, that's quite good. Um, there's a film that was produced alongside it, and that was really interesting to go to. Um, they would also have their resident band called Pulse, who would sort of frequent the, the lounge at the back of the ship of the clubhouse, and they would always play a different set, whether it was sort of 70s, 80s, sort of Motown, Soul, what have you. They were always sort of different nights they would do something. So we'd sort of, after dinner, when our son was sort of to sleep, we'd go... Go and see them, and have grab a drink and just enjoy that. Um, but yeah, they do a couple of other shows um, that we've also seen before. They're sort of very typical, um, sort of the jukebox musicals kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's. I think for us, we've because we've done them so so often recently. You sort of yeah, you get used to it, and you say, okay, we can afford to miss that this time. It was we we're more just enjoying our time, sort of. It's relaxing, really.
0: In the casino, do they let people smoke in there?
1: No. So that on sort of in line with the UK law. There is no smoking inside on the ship. The only place you can smoke is up on Deck 18, mm-hmm. um, at the very top of the ship. So the casino is absolutely smoke-free.
0: Okay. How was the sea days as far as crowds and congestion?
1: Um, <clears throat> it sort of depends because we did have – of a mixture that you could always get yourself a seat somewhere. We'd sort of got into a routine of sort of late morning whilst someone would go for a nap. So we would uh, go sort of grab a coffee in the atrium, just sort of watch the world go by, what have you. And you could always grab a seat there, even though sort of how full the ship was. Um, But we noticed when we had some sort of rough weather that the ship got very quiet and you really had a good choice of uh, venues to go to. Um, But other than that, sort of you didn't really notice how full the ship was. Um, so apart from usual places like the buffets when it, lunchtime and breakfast that they tended to get very busy and there'll be sort of there'll be sort of queues here and there for the different stations um, and the weather sort of in between it was sort of fairly mild so the open deck space was used sort of here and there um, but some days you just it was very quiet out there by the pools.
0: Were you on board during all that crazy weather around the Bay of Biscay?
1: Yes, we, uh, we were on just about, I think we, we cleared the weather, we sort of um, got around it just, we did catch some of it on the way back to Southampton, um, but nothing quite sort of as bad as been reported. Yeah. other ships had um, experienced.
0: Yeah, it gets pretty nasty over there. I was in that area uh, around the bay in November of last year. So, well, yeah, about a year ago and 40-foot uh, seas.
1: Yeah, because what we, we had found is that they're, up in the UK, there had been a storm that came up here and it started to make its way back down towards down the Mediterranean. And we did get the tail end of that. And, uh, yeah, it did sort of affect the itinerary a little bit with sort of dealing with that. And they decided to sort of try and stay away as much as they can from that sort of weather um, but yeah, over at the sort of the Bear Biscay is quite a famous bit of bit of water, especially over here, because everybody you most cruises that go from Southampton down to Spain obviously go around that area. So we a lot of people do experience that.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the ports of call you did hit on this 14 night sailing. So what we'll do here is give us the port, give us a highlight, and then just move to the next one.
1: Okay. Our first port was Vigo. Um that's a port we've done before a couple of times it's very common on this sort of itinerary so we just sort of got off the ship in the morning we wandered up to the old town Uh, they had the little cathedral in there which is quite a nice setting which sort of had a walk around through there and it's just nice to browse through the streets there and just do sort of (laughs) stretch your legs after a couple of days at sea um we had sky princess in with us so it was actually quite busy for sort of an off season port really um but it was just nice to sort of get off the ship. We just had to wander around for a few hours um, just yeah, just to get out, really. Um, but, yeah, we've sort of done the cover of the port before quite often, so we don't sort of – if on those places you sort of get off, have a wander around and uh, come back on the ship after a few hours and such. Our next port was uh, Malaga. And so we found out very early on at Malaga that we would be sheltering there overnight um, to hide from the weather we were just talking about. So – so we had a bit of a longer day there, but we just sort of did breakfast on the ship. Um, yeah, we just sort of walked from the ship into the, the centre of town there because that's another sort of really pretty place with um, sort of very old town and the cathedral. Um, we tend, sort of, tend to walk everywhere of these ports because they offer shuttle buses from the port to the local town. But with us on the stroller and that, it was just, just easier for us to walk a lot of these places. And we found we were sort of doing it as quick as the shuttle buses did offer. But, yeah, we sort of went through there. They, there's uh, the Roman amphitheater that they've been preserving there. It was just quite nice to um, just explore that because I'd never been to Malaga before. And we came across the, sort of, one of the local beaches there, which is very near the cruise port. You could see the port from the beach there. And we just had a, a drink and what have you. Uh, but we found that there's a lot of uh, beach sellers coming across there, sort of, with various things, what have you, and that, that sort of made it sort of a bit, <laughs> sort of a fun, let's say.
0: <laughs> what was after Malaga? So
1: the next one was Barcelona. Now, Barcelona is another quite a common port on these uh, itineraries there. If you, you probably know, you do need to take a shuttle bus from the port because it is quite, quite a trek from there into the town there. So we got a shuttle bus from the port and that was quite efficient. They had that running really smoothly. Um, maybe sort of time we got off the ship to get on a bus within 10 minutes they were really good at organising all that. Um, but yeah, we sort of we spent a lot of time in Barcelona walking around. Um, we covered uh, yeah a large amount of ground. We walked over to the Gothic quarter of the town um, and see what see what's going on there. Obviously, it's really sort of a nice place to visit and have a look around. Um, then we walked from there to the Sagrada Familia, the see the cathedral, which is obviously very spectacular, and um, yeah, that was. Obviously, just a nice place to uh, visit. And it was very busy still because it's – Barcelona at that point is definitely very busy with tourism and what have you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But, yeah, we sort of walked from there. We covered a good – I think I said about 10 miles, I think, in walking. And then we sort of came back down the Rambla and uh, we had a tapas bar recommended to us that was really good. It's called The Expat. And, yeah, they had really good drinks, uh, really good sangria and uh, tapas there to be had. That was just yeah. It sort of that was covered our our visit there. We just yeah really made the most of walking through the city and just seeing what there is to offer.
0: That's one thing in Barcelona. I know when my very first time there was probably about. 12, 13 years ago, I was telling my friends we were staying right there by the Christopher Columbus statue, and I was like, "Let's just walk to the ship." They're like, "Are you sure?" It looks kind of far. I'm like, "No, it's right over the hill, right there." That was the <laughs> longest damn walk yeah. I think I've <laughs> ever done
1: in a cruise port. Yeah, we sort of, we were sort of on uh, on maps there, working out where we we're going. I like, oh, it's just up there, and then 45 minutes later, you're, we're still walking. I'm like, oh, okay, we <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> definitely <laughs> taking longer than we uh, we had yeah. planned, but no, it was just good to really yeah explore everything.
0: Uh, how about after Barcelona?
1: So we were on to uh, valencia next uh, valencia is a port where you are sort of docking in a very industrial port so you do once again have to get a shuttle bus or the local bus into the town and so the bus would take you to what was the science and arts park which was also still quite a way out of the old town the town center there that wasn't going down very well because um another cruise line there that were taking their passengers straight into the town center so there was a few uh, few unhappy people with uh, sort of having to walk that far, because it was about a 45-minute walk into the old town from the, where the shuttle bus dropped us off. But that was just another sort of bit like Barcelona, Mano, very pretty, very, very traditional. And we just checked out the old town there. Um, more the and career to be had again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we sort of noticed when we were there that the prices for the sort of the food and the drinks were really, really good, Yeah, um, even compared to being back in the UK, like the, Sort of the price for a beer was came something like I think three euros, and it was we just were sort of really surprised at how how affordable that all was. Um, that was really that was just really nice, but we we just walked back through the town there and we found this park uh, called the Park Gulliver, which was basically a Gulliver's travels theme park. It was just free entry, but it's for kids there, obviously just themed on the film there, but that was just sort of really different and that sort of definitely for someone who's looking for a quite inexpensive thing with their kids. That seems really good. And that was really popular.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and the next we went on to Cadiz. So Cadiz is a good port because it just, you dock pretty much in the town. There's a very short walk up into the town, uh, which just is what we did. We walked into the town. As you notice, we did a lot of walking just because it was more convenient for us to do rather than excursions. But yeah. We walked into the town there and let's just looked around the local markets. And we walked down to the beach down there and found this really nice beachfront bar. Fantastic views out across the water there. And the weather had sort of turned for us at that point. So it was quite nice to just sit out there, have a drink, and just enjoy that and all the views and what have you. Last port of call cool was Lisbon. So Lisbon's obviously quite a famous one for the 25th of April bridge that you sail under as you come into dock. So we were quite up quite early out on the back deck there to watch us uh, sail underneath there. And that's always. Always fascinating, even if you've done it before, just to sail under and just yeah, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy that. Um, from there, we walked from the ship. Yeah, that's another place where they offered a shuttle bus service, but you could also quite easily walk it. They said in the shuttle bus it was about half an hour visit or so um, up to the town, but so you could walk it in a very similar time, if not a bit quicker. Uh, but that was just really nice. We found this little souvenir shop there, which they hand-sewn personalised gifts for you. So for some we found a, a comforter and they sewed his name on it right in front of you. And it was just really good to watch them do their crafts because they just took it from you. So there and then within five minutes, it was done. And that was just something completely different that we sort of wouldn't have had otherwise. And then, of course, we had to do the very typical thing of the uh, the pastel de nata and uh, the coffee. That seems to be the thing that you do when you, mm-hmm. you go into Lisbon, very traditional uh, Thing to do but yeah we just enjoyed that as well the weather was starting to turn a bit colder and a bit more wet just with the storms coming so yeah we found <laughs> some local wine and picked up a portuguese liqueur to take back with us
0: so you make your way back to southampton uh, how was your debark process
1: the debark process so the night before pretty much like every other uh, cruise line you obviously get a allocated time well they allocate you a time on pnr i can't remember for other cruise lines so we had a uh, time about 9.35 to get off. So we just went up for some breakfast, enjoyed the last of the ship before we had to uh, get off very smooth. And they just had it really well organized, we found.
0: nice. Now, any first time tips to offer someone sailing PO?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of things that we've noticed over time is they'll and offer uh, a few drinks packages We've done it once before the drinks package, but you do sort of have to drink a lot to make it make it worth your while. It's sort of a personal preference. Obviously, if you drink a lot more, then it might be worth it. But for the most people we spoke to, that they didn't uh, worry about drinks package because it's um yeah you may not get the value out of it. So just before you go, I'd just I'd advise that you uh, yes just work it out. Maybe just calculate what you would probably drink, and yeah, see if that's something you would do. The other thing I'd probably say is to pre-book sort of the speciality restaurants because they do fill up very quickly. So by the time you get on the ship, you may struggle to get the time slot that you want in some speciality dining. So it's one of those things. If you can try and do as much as you can before you go, then it'll definitely save you, um, save any problems later on. One tip that we sort of thought of is not particularly PNO specific, but it was just like we noticed from the ports is that the um all the security and the checks, what have you and all the ports was handed over to the port authorities rather than on the ship. So what we found is that we were constantly taking my son out of the stroller, folding it up, putting it through the um the scanners and what have you. And it was sort of always a bit of fun trying to do that process every time. So it used to have to be reprepared. Really so we just it sounds like a very basic tip, but just to parents of younger children like us to sort of have a fold-up stroller that you can easily fold down and fold back up again because we are doing that uh, quite a lot, especially for the buses as well.
0: I do have a question though. So, and this is very controversial because it's like a North American (laughs) and European thing, but I want to ask you how gratuities work. So with... P&O and
1: I believe Cunard, the gratuities are bundled into the price of your cruise. So when you go to book a cruise with P&O, it tends to be what you see is yeah all included. So it is quite it is quite good. There's no sort of no surprises afterwards. Um, but we we do like to tip uh, sort of like our cabin attendant anyway just afterwards just to sort of yeah we just there's always something we've done.
0: Gotcha. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for your family?
1: Best thing really was the time sort of spent together but also with the crew um the crew with our son they were all really fantastic they all wanted to sort of interact and say hello and it was just it made it a really nice experience uh for all of us because we were sort of we were a bit apprehensive of our son only being seven months old it was uh sort of all of is it going to be sort of a good experience are we going to struggle but the crew was sort of really fantastic and they just tried everything to make it a good experience for us they would sort of in the restaurant the waiters would come over and try offer ice cream and juice and I was like, can we get anything for your son? And in the restaurant and they would try and sit us at a table which would accommodate our stroller and what have you. So they just really made it a really good experience for us there.
0: And your final thoughts of Piano Iona.
1: We really enjoy the ship. We we think there is something for everybody on board and we just really enjoy the what it has to offer. It's one of those ships we'll definitely do again.
0: Have you sailed or are familiar with Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, celebrity, anyone that sails over there?
1: So I've sailed Royal Caribbean twice out of Southampton. We did our honeymoon on Norwegian out mm-hmm. of Athens, pretty much it. And my wife has done Cunard. So yeah, we've done a few others as well. But I think, yeah, p it's one of those things. People They used to be known for quite a, a silver service kind of thing, but they've definitely become a bit more open better accommodating to pretty much everybody, I think.
0: We've been talking with Alex about his 14-night sailing on P&O Iona. I've been butchering that the whole interview, so I'll have to fix that in post-production. Alex, thank you so much. It was great talking to you, and I appreciate this review, bud. Lovely. Good to talk to you,
1: Doug. Thank you. Just back from a
0: cruise, let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, Online claims assistance and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out tripinsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word... Give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.